Hi, my name is Scott Evans, and I'm a chaplain in UCD, as well as the Young Adults Coordinator here at Holy Trinity. And it's great to be with you uh, virtually in the absence of physical and community presence, but we really miss you. It's hard being in an empty church and feeling what it was, feeling you not being here. But we're so looking forward to eventually when the day comes that we can gather together again. I'm almost looking forward to Holy Trinity reopening as much as I am my barber. This morning, before I get into our continuation of our series on Eastertide, which is about exploring joy in the midst of change, I was reflecting on a few words from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, where he's writing to them about the struggle that their communities are facing as the kingdom of God is spreading throughout the Roman Empire. And some of the, those in, in those churches that are growing up are people who are doing well and things are good, and discovering Jesus has been a great part of their lives, and there are others other places and other people for whom when they experience the kingdom of God, it's a revelation, but they still would live within systems of lack, systems of injustice, and systems of oppression. And there, in, of all the members of our community, all of us are living in different positions. For some, this has led to a time of massive financial insecurity. For others, their outgoings have decreased, but their income is secure. So without pressure or expectation, if you're in a position to give, We'd love if you'd consider supporting our community financially as we continue to find creative ways to minister during this pandemic and to support those who are struggling. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. So if it's on your heart to give and you're in a position to do so, then we would love uh, your support for the ways in which we are serving. And if you're not, or if you're struggling, we're praying for you and we want to create ways to be able to help and support you during this really difficult time. If you, if you can help, we want your help. And if you need help, we want to help you. This is how we as a community learn to have both our blessings and our burdens in common. So that said, we're gonna continue our sermon series on joy in the midst of change. This week's lectionary readings include two of my favorite passages. And they're both from apostles who are working with communities of faith to try and figure out how to reach the world in which they live. In Acts chapter 17, we read about Paul in Athens. He's preaching on the streets of the city, but it's a city in a world that we wouldn't recognize. Today, often when people do that, they're interrupting people's lives or angrily shouting the gospel of God's love in a way that people find or can find really jarring. But in first century Athens, they lived in a marketplace of ideas. It was a city that was fascinated with faith and philosophy. It was part of their day-to-day -day conversation, probably much more so than it is for us today. Instead of people telling him to shut up or get down, he's invited into the heart of the conversation, into the Areopagus, where the oldest ideas of their world and the newest ideas of their day collide. What I love is the heart with which he approaches this opportunity. He doesn't run through the temple smashing idols and altars. He doesn't condemn them as wrong or heretical. He also doesn't quote scripture because he knows that the people he is talking to don't trust it yet. They don't have that relationship that would lead them to that place. Instead, he looks around he walks around the world he's called to serve, and he takes it in. 
And when he, when he speaks, he, he appeals to their own framework. He finds an altar that is labeled to an unknown God. And it's this religious affirmation that those in Athens realize that there may be gods they haven't experienced or haven't heard of or don't know about yet. And so Paul finds this altar and says to them, what you worship as unknown, I make known to you today. And then he goes on and he quotes their poets. And he says, as your own poets have said, we are his children. And in him we live and move and have our being. For him, the culture of the world in which they live is not an enemy of God's self-revelation. It's a space of revelation, a place at which God makes himself known. And one of the things that was really on my heart in reading these passages is that that's really true of the moment at which we're living as well. Our world is coming to realize things that we in the Christian faith have known for a long time but have often forgotten. Many of us are realizing, despite its presence in our tradition, is that there is a beauty in slowness and stillness that's been part of our tradition since the very beginning. Since, for example, in the Psalms, where the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. And our world, whether we like it or not, is being brought to this stillness. And in this stillness, we can rediscover ancient truth. We're also beginning to realize our interconnectedness. I can't stay safe without you, and you can't stay safe without me. I love you by washing my hands, and you love me by stepping backwards. I love you by delivering your medication, and you loved me when I was in quarantine, and you brought me groceries. Many of us are struggling with loneliness and disconnection, and we're being struck, I think, many of us for the first time, by how much we actually need it. I've said this before, but one of my favorite questions to ask people is, what is the first thing in the Bible that is not good? Often when I ask that, people will answer and they'll say, oh, Adam and Eve eating um, fruit from the tree in the Garden of Eden. But there's one moment before that that has a lack of goodness. Throughout the creation story, God creates and then he says it's good. He makes it and then he declares it. And he creates and he creates and he creates and he says this is good, this is good, this is good. And then he creates man. And he says, it's not good, not in his singularity, but that it's not good for us to be alone because we are made for community, because we're made in the image of community. In the second reading today, Peter is writing to Christians, figuring out how to be the people of God. And he writes this, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. I love Peter's presumption that people will ask us throughout history, that they will ask us in the middle of all this, in the middle of storms and crises, in the middle of hurricane and heartbreak, how do you hold on to hope? He says, always be ready to give an answer. And I think that that's because Jesus is not the beginning of a conversation. He's the answer to a question. And that question is, how do you keep hoping, keep loving, and keep serving? How are you still joyful in the midst of all of this? The answer, I think, is found in today's gospel reading. 
And I'm reading it here in the Amplified Bible because I think it brings a sense of fullness to it. Jesus says to those he is about to be torn from, I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, bereaved, and helpless. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, and a strengthener. So where do we find joy in this time of change? This time where we realize what God has made us for and how much we need him? We find joy in the knowledge that he is present, that he is in every act of kindness, that he is in every act of service to our neighbor, that he hears the prayer of everyone waiting for the phone to ring, that he is at every hospital bedside and every lonely kitchen table. He is with us and within us. As Paul says to those in Athens, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. And he does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. In this time, he is not far from any one of us. So this joy in the midst of change is not the mindless happiness of comfort or an overly comfortable life, nor is it the bliss of denial or ignorance. It is the deep joy of Paul and Silas singing worship songs in a prison cell. It is the joy of James who writes, consider it pure joy when you endure trials and temptations of many kinds because we know that it is through endurance that God transforms. It is the joy of Jesus, as the writer of the book of Hebrews describes, Jesus who for the joy set before him endured the cross for our sake. The one who entered into our experience. In today's Psalm, Psalm 66 it is written, blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. May you find this, may you find joy this day and all days in the knowledge that the God who entered into flesh, who knows our struggles and sufferings, our sadness and our sorrow, is with you and within you. May he be your help, your strength, your companion and your comfort, and above all, your joy.